You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. Let's have some fun here to close out the week on the podcast. On Thursday morning, I sent out a tweet from the Locked On Bills Twitter account, at Locked On Bills on Twitter, and I asked for your dream and your doomsday scenarios for the Bills in the 2021 NFL Draft, and I said that we will respond to as many as we can here today on the podcast. And so that is what we are going to do. I have, I think, nine or 10 different responses that I want to dig into. And then let's close out the podcast. Let's close out the week with a seven round Buffalo Bills mock draft that I put together. And of course, every time I do a mock draft, it's not always predictive, a little bit, right? I'm trying to guess which players the Bills would want in what range. But the idea is to deliver a new scenario. If the Bills go in this, direction, what is the domino effect, and what could the draft class look like. And so I have a fresh mock draft for us to consider here on a Friday. Let's get into these dream and doomsday scenarios. The first one comes from Billsy Face, and Billsy Face has a dream of snagging Notre Dame linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa without trading up, then trading up to get Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Farley, who shockingly plummeted to the mid-second round. So let's stop there We before we get to the doomsday. That would be a dream. <laughs> I agree with you. Not having to give up anything. You just sit there at 30. You pick Owusu Koromoa. You get your versatile defensive chess piece to help you match up with tight ends and make your collective team speed even better. And then you get a blue chipper in Caleb Farley. Now, I'll tell you this, if, if Farley's there mid-second round, you start to really wonder. You start to wonder, what do these other teams know that we don't? Because he shouldn't be available. But, look, a worthwhile swing nonetheless. So I'm with you. I'm with you on this. I love the dream scenario. The doom scenario from Billsy Face is not drafting a single cornerback until after round five. So I don't want to completely dismiss this because – I think a lot of us were hopeful that the Bills would draft a cornerback last year fairly high and that it didn't happen until the seventh round. So I'm not saying it's not within the realm of possibility for the Bills to not take one until after the fifth round. But as we've discussed earlier this week on the podcast, on Monday was the cornerback primer, and something I mentioned there was beyond this year, beyond the 2021 season, the only cornerback not named Trey White that's under contract with the team is Dane Jackson. I think the Bills are going to draft multiple cornerbacks in the 2021 NFL Draft. So I'm with you. That would be a doomsday. I just don't think we need to worry too much about it. The next one today comes from Vin, and Vin's dream is this. Quiddy Pay, defensive end Michigan, or Aziz Ojolari, Edge, Georgia. He also wants a starting level CB2 and Hamsa Nasruddin or a Buffalo nickel. So 
Those would be some great boxes to check. You get a big-time pass rusher prospect. You get your answer opposite of Trey White. And you get that chess piece that you're looking for to be that Buffalo nickel. So, yes, three big-time boxes to check and three boxes I think the Bills can check in this coming draft. The doom from Vin. Running back, and I don't know if that just means running back at 30 or running back at any point, and a developmental edge. I'm guessing developmental edge at pick 30, which a developmental edge at different points in the draft, certainly something I'm sure you'd be okay with, but maybe not at 30. And if uh, if that's the case, if you don't want a developmental edge at 30, you might not like the mock draft I have coming up later in the podcast. The next one comes from Lammy, who has a doom scenario of trading up for slash drafting a running back in round one. I'm pretty much with you there. I outlined the path to where I would be okay with a first-round running back yesterday on the podcast where I ranked my own Buffalo Bills draft board. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players I would need to be off the board before the Bills picked a running back, much less traded up for one. The other doom from Lammy is no day one or day two additions to the O-line. All right. I hear you. Always good to invest in the offensive line. I'm thinking that third round pick is a really good spot to get somebody you like as a developmental starter on the interior offensive line. I have one of those coming for you at the uh, at the end of the show in my mock draft. The dream scenarios from Lammy is Greg Newsom at 30, cornerback from Northwestern. I love that. It's a great pick. Creed Humphrey in the second round. I think that's a great pick, a wonderful fit. Tyler Shelvin in the third round, would love that. Great pick. And Talanoa Hufanga on day three. And Hufanga is a safety linebacker hybrid player from USC, and I think he'd be a good day three pick. So I like your dream scenario as well. And look, I'll say this about your dream scenario. Not that crazy to think that could be the case. Caleb has a doom scenario of running back in the first two rounds. Okay, I'm with you. Look, if you don't pick one at 30, don't even bother. Like the rest of the running back class is not that great. If you're going to take a running back beyond, you know, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, you better be picking it late in the draft because this is not a very deep running back crop. Tight end of the first three rounds, I'm absolutely with you. I just don't see the appeal in taking a tight end early in this draft. There's only one that I think is a real difference maker type prospect, and that's Kyle Pitts, who's going to be gone within the first five, six, seven, eight picks of the draft. And these other guys are all developmental and do not have a higher ceiling than I think Dawson Knox has. Plus, we've talked about tight ends, very slow developing position. And, um, you know, you're talking about just another project at tight end. I, I can't get behind it. And then uh, number three in terms of doom from Caleb is Quinn Miners, the interior offensive lineman from Wisconsin-Whitewater in the first three rounds. I agree. I think that's just too early for Miners. He's a perfectly reasonable day three developmental interior offensive lineman, but I'm not touching him in the first three rounds of the draft. I think for a guy that's coming from Wisconsin-Whitewater, I expected his tape to be a lot more dominant. And he looked okay at the Senior Bowl, but I, I want to watch his game tape, and I, I thought he was a pretty average player at a low level of competition. The dream scenarios from Caleb, one is drafting Quiddy Pay, defensive end Michigan, I'm with you. 
Number two is getting one of the Syracuse DBs on day two. Absolutely. If it's Melifon Wu or Trill Williams, would love it. Number three is the developmental one technique. I, I like that. I you know, the problem with I'll say this the problem with getting that developmental one tech, and you'll see this in my mock draft later, is that there's just not really a sweet spot to get it. Because the Bills don't have a fourth round pick. If they had a fourth round pick, I could really see that avenue to getting that one tech, and maybe the Bills should consider packaging a couple of their later day three picks to move up and get in in range to get a developmental one technique. But outside of like Aleem McNeil or Tyler Shelvin or you know the USC guy, I, I struggle with saying his last name, Tua Pelotu. I think I maybe I got it right there. But I just don't like a lot of these late round options at, at one tech. So that, that might be difficult to come away with that while checking other boxes that we really hope this team checks. And then number four from Caleb in terms of dream is one of the Cincinnati safeties. I'm with you. I like Derek Forrest. I like James Wiggins. I think they're really good mid-round prospects that um, you could look at as developmental starters, good depth pieces now, good special teams players, make you feel a lot better about losing Dean Marlowe. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced Limited edition designs at a fair price. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. The next one today comes from Sean, and he has a doom scenario of taking a running back in the first round when there are prospects in premium positions still on the board, taking a tight end in the first three rounds, and also drafting raw players early in the draft that will not be able to help the team within their first two seasons. That's pretty fair, especially the running back, especially the tight end. I'm definitely with you there. Um, and yeah, if you take a player early in the draft, you want to get some returns. And so maybe it's not year one, but you get some production in year two. In, in terms of what I'm reading from Sean is that his doom is that you're talking about players that you draft early, that it's year three before they really start to make an impact. And then Sean has a mock draft that he provided that is his dream Mock draft, I'll tell you what it is. Number 25, Aziz Ojolari edge Georgia, so he trades up to get the pass rusher he likes. Number 61, North Carolina wide receiver Deami Brown. I love that. I think Brown is a perfect fit for the Bills' offense. He's the type of receiver they like. He's got vertical receiving ability, a good route runner, good hands, super competitive. I think he's an awesome day two target at wide receiver. And number 74, Syracuse cornerback Ifeatu Melifonwu. That's a home run pick at 74. 
95, Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle, LSU. Talk about adding some beef to that defensive line. You'll you'll be better at stopping the run if you get Shelvin. And then 137 is James Wiggins, the safety from Cincinnati, which I think is a really good pick. So five outstanding picks, some moves up and down the board. Uh, but yeah, I think that would definitely be a mock draft that would get the love it label from me. Up next is Cullen. He has doom and dream scenarios for us. His doom is, number one, drafting a running back in the first round. Number two, not addressing wide receiver at any point. And number three, no cornerbacks taken in the first three rounds. We've already talked about the cornerback and running back thing, but the wide receiver one is interesting and that's different. Um, Part of me really loves that you recognize the importance of wide receiver for this football team and that they need to stay ahead of the need. And like I keep saying, like keep the ingredients in place that made Josh Allen an MVP candidate in 2020. Keep those in place all the time, which means having four really good wide receivers. So stay ahead of it by investing in the position. So I think you've got some good doom scenarios there. Your dream is getting an athlete at CB2. Amen, brother. Amen. Number two is a wide receiver that can fill in 2022 as a top three guy. I like that. A Buffalo nickel, preferably Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. And then number four is an edge, but I wonder if the value is there. So listen, yeah, it's going to be all four of your boxes going to be tough to check there in the dream. I think you can get two or three of these, but all four might be aggressive. But man, if you get three of those four, if you come away with an athletic CB2, uh, you know, a wide receiver that winds up being a top three guy for you in 2022. If you get Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa and, you know, an edge that brings some value to the table, yeah, that would be outstanding, but uh, a little ambitious. But that's why it's a dream. And I, and I like it. I like your thought process there. Next up is the Internet GM who says, Give me Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa and Wake Forest defensive end Carlos Basham. CB2 and a late-round wide receiver who thrives on manufactured touches. All right, so I like JOK. I like a CB2. I like a. I really like what you said there about the late-round wide receiver that you know can create for himself. I think that that yards after catch is still something that I want to see more of from the Bills' offense. Right? We we talked about this a lot in season where. The Bills' wide receivers aren't super productive when it comes to yards after catch, and and that would be a wonderful dynamic to add to the offense. Now, one of your dreams is Carlos Basham, and I like Carlos Basham, but he's not a player that I look at and say, I got to have this guy. He's kind of an older prospect. He wins with power. He's not that athletic. I don't think he's that refined as a pass rusher for his age. I mean, I love his his motor at times, but I, I don't know that I would say uh, he's a dream player at any point in the draft. I think he'll be an okay selection wherever he winds up going. To me, his his ceiling is exactly what you saw from Shaq Lawson. You know, a power base end, can rush from the interior a little bit, but overall kind of a modest pass rusher. So maybe you see him differently, and that's fine. I mean, I don't I don't have every answer, I'll tell you that. Next up is from John, who has a doom scenario for us. And that is a raw defensive end at 30, Brevin Jordan anywhere, and not getting a cornerback in the first two rounds. All right. I can vibe with this a little bit. I'm not so much opposed to a raw edge at 30 because I think the Bills 
could take a swing there and are in position where it's logical to take a swing at a high risk, high reward type player. So I'm not, I'm not totally against the, uh, the raw edge at 30. Brevin Jordan doesn't really move the needle for me. I think he'd be an okay third round pick, but I think he's two years away from being anything meaningful in the NFL. And then a, a corner in the first two rounds, not getting one. Yeah. I'd be a little disappointed in that. The next up is Patrick. And his doom is any scenario not involving trading up. This team can't roster a bunch of late-round guys, and the picks wouldn't be worthwhile for the most part. I don't disagree with you, but I'm not sure that I'm pounding the table for a trade-up in the first round. I think you need to do your best to not come away with less than three picks in the first three rounds. What I would be interested in doing is, is taking some of those late-round picks that the Bills do have and using them to move up higher in the second or higher in the third or move into the fourth. So I want the Bills to pick at 30, 61, 93, but if you feel like you need to use 236 or 213 or 174 or 161 to help you land specific targets and come away with maybe five prospects instead of seven, I can definitely get behind that. And then Patrick's dream is Travis Etienne. He said, Marcel Louis-Jacques convinced me. And his other dream is Caleb Farley in the mid-second round trade-up scenario. There are two of you guys that think it's it's even worth mentioning that Caleb Farley could be there in the mid-second round. And that's interesting to me. But um, my guy, my guy Patrick, is all about some Travis Etienne. And, and uh, we can blame Marcel Louis Jacques for that. You know, so many of you guys in your doom scenario here said running back. I don't want a running back. And we'll close it out here with uh, with Patrick, who says, my dream is a running back, and specifically Travis Etienne. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. They have so many amazing flavors. Some of mine are cherry, lemon almond cheesecake. I love the cookies and cream. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it's good for you. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you have to try a Built Bar. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who is on the keto diet. We've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL seasons are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's close out the week with my latest Buffalo Bills seven-round mock draft. Again, I'm just trying to give you guys scenarios. I'm not being completely predictive, although I have some players here that I think the Bills are going to like, actually four of them that I think the Bills are really going to be in on. But um, 
you know, the idea with mock drafts is for them to present a scenario based on needs, fits, and valuation of players. So that's what I'm going to do here today, just to give you another idea of what this could look like at the end of the month. So let's do this. At pick 30, the Buffalo Bills select Jason Owe, defensive end, Penn State. Folks, I've come around on Owe. I'm not sitting here pounding the table for him. Like, the Bills have to get him. But we got to be honest. Is Quiddy Pay getting to 30? Is Aziz Ojolari getting to 30? I don't know. I don't know if they get there. And if the Bills want to come away with a defensive end that has a very high ceiling, they may have to go with Jason Owe. And you want to talk about a guy with every physical attribute necessary to become an impact pass rusher in the NFL, it's Owe. Great size, great length, great athleticism, unbelievable explosiveness for his size. And while he didn't have a sack last year, he had a ton of pressures. Think about Daniil Hunter. He had like basically no sacks in his college career, but you watch him play and you're like, my goodness, this guy has all the physical traits necessary to become an impact pass rusher. Yeah, he looks like a bull in a china shop playing football at LSU, just like the same for Jason Owe at Penn State. But if you can coach this guy up, you could get one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And the Bills are picking 30 late in the first round. This could be a worthwhile swing. So how does he help the team in year one? Well, he's a situational pass rusher. It's a long and late down. Put him on the field and tell him to rush the passer. Then everything will start to come together, right? He'll figure out how to defend the run and how to counter blocks and how to use his hands and all those things. But I think you can get value in year one by just unleashing him as a pass rusher, do some stunt game with him, and then... You keep investing in the player and see what he can become, but I think he's a worthwhile swing at pick 30, and his traits are just too too much to ignore. At 61, Tyson Campbell, cornerback from Georgia. I'll give you a little nugget here. The Bills, I know, are doing a lot of work on Tyson Campbell. I think they're interested in him. So he's a player that I'm paying attention to. Long, athletic cornerback. I mean, this if you want an athlete at CB2, you're, you get one here in Tyson Campbell. He's a plus athlete with great size. He's a little raw in coverage. He could be a little bit unsure. But the Bills are great at developing defensive backs. Sean McDermott has a long history of developing defensive backs. And if they believe in him and they're willing to make him pick 61, I'm going to trust that they believe they can develop him into a starting cornerback and If everything comes together, he has every trait necessary to really give the Bills an answer opposite of Tredavious White. At number 93, interior offensive lineman Kendrick Green from Illinois. I think this is a player the Bills are going to love. He came to Illinois, a high school wrestler, right? So you know they love the wrestlers. He was a defensive tackle in high school, went to Illinois to play defensive tackle, converted over to offensive line, Became a starter at guard and center for them, and I thought he got better and better every year and played really good ball 
this past season for Illinois. And um, if the Bills are really going to become a more zone-heavy rushing offense, they need players like Kendrick Green that have that lateral mobility and that ability to work their hips around guys and cut off backside defenders and get out in space and work laterally. And you see that in Green. He's explosive off the ball. like He's really explosive into contact off the snap. And he's got a little bit of a mean streak to him. You could see him want to get after guys. He's a striker with his hands. And he's got good feet. Like he, he needs work. I think he needs to get stronger. He needs to get you know better in terms of core strength and you know, get a little bit better with his hands in terms of placement and timing. But there's a lot to work with here. He's a really good athlete. And if the Bills truly are going to become a zone rushing offense, Kendrick Green is the type of guard I think you need for that. At 161, Ambry Thomas, cornerback from Michigan. So two corners in the first four picks, but the Bills need it. And Ambry Thomas, I think, whew, I really like his tape. Hasn't played a ton, right? Like, just kind of a one-year starter, but he he showed competitiveness, ball skills. He's got size. He's physical. I think he can play in the slot and outside. I'd love Ambry Thomas from Michigan in the middle rounds. At 174, Derek Forrest, safety from Cincinnati. You've heard me talk about these, these safeties from Cincinnati, James Wiggins and Derek Forrest. I like them both. I think they're both very disciplined football players with good size and athleticism. They're physical. They play the ball. They can play in man. They can play in deeper alignments. They can play in shallow zones. I think they offer a lot of versatility. They offer insurance behind Poyer and Hyde. I think in sub packages, they can have a role today. You know, Think about what the Bills did with Dean Marlowe. I think they can get the same out of a guy like Derek Forrest, who I think is a super underrated prospect. So would love him at 174. At 213, Amir Smith-Marset, wide receiver, Iowa. Um, definitely fits the type of receivers that the Bills like. Not necessarily a big guy, but he has decent height. Kind of lean, but explosive. You know, Pretty good route runner. I think he has room to get better. Um, can win down the field. Can give the Bills a guy that can truly take the top off the defense. And he's a pretty accomplished kick returner. So I think uh, there's a lot of reasons to believe the Bills would be in on Smith-Marset. He'd be a good pick at 213. And then 236, and this was a tough pick because I didn't love a lot of the players available, but I really wanted to add some depth to the defensive tackle room, especially a run stopper. And so I picked Forrest Merrill, uh, interior defensive lineman from Arkansas State. I don't love Merrill. He's like 25 years old already, but he's a big, strong dude. And I think the Bills kind of need a player like that to put on the field, to give depth behind Star Latoule and just help the team out with run defense overall. And I think Merrill is a guy that, from a size, from a power perspective, from that willingness to occupy blocks and keep the second level clean and be unselfish with his run fits, you know, I think he can do that. And he was kind of a 3-4 a three, uh, three, nose tackle, so he's very used to uh, being that type of guy that has to you know, anchor, hold at the point, and keep blocks from getting to the second level. And I think in the 236, seventh round, getting a player that can do that and you can envision a role for him on the team, I think it's a worthwhile option late in the draft. So there you have it. That's that's my latest Bill seven-round mock draft. Of course, using the mock draft machine over at thedraftnetwork.com. You can go there now. You can be Brandon Bean 
and you can make these picks using our mock draft machine, which is a, a simulator. It simulates the draft, and you can pick for the Bills or whatever teams you want to. So check it out over at thedraftnetwork.com. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. We have one more week until it is draft week. And so we're going to spend a lot of time previewing the draft, have some positional previews coming up, um, have a guest as well that I'm excited about next week. So don't miss anything. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great weekend, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.